Good afternoon, everyone. This is John Harvey, and I am your host on the Modern Conservative Podcast. A little bit about myself. Um, back in 2008, um, when Barack Obama became uh, president, I never really had a good vibe about him. First of all, he was a junior senator for a few years, and here he is running for president of the United States. So I said to myself, that doesn't make no sense. Then shortly after that, because we started hearing the racism. You know, I realized that I'm not a Democrat because I don't believe any of the things that they were vocalizing out to the public. So I started watching politics a little more, started getting involved indirectly a little bit, a little more. And so I decided one day, you know what? It's time for me to say what I really believe. Whereas most people were thinking it, but were afraid to say it. I wanted to go to the other end of the spectrum. I want to say what I was thinking. And I really didn't care. Because that's the problem with our country nowadays. People care and worry about what other people may say in respect to what they believe. So basically, you're being oppressed from the Second Amendment. And I completely, sorry, the First Amendment, I completely believe in the Constitution. I mean, as in fact, it's the Constitution that gave us all the right to speak, to be free, to be equal, and never dominated by another man. Now, has that happened as far as being dominated by men? Yes, that has happened, you know, hence the slavery trade. But it was dominated by men, not the Constitution. And so this is where people really get lost. You know, when I hear people say, hey, we need to change the Constitution because it's an old document. You're right. It is an old document. But in actuality, it's a document that served us well. It's the document that allowed you to live in the greatest country on this earth. It's also the document that made people realize, hey, we should not have slaves. No man should ever own another man. No man should ever be property of another man. Now, yeah, they got away with it for about 150 years. That they did. I completely agree with that. And I do not oppose that thought because it's an actual fact. And if you get to know me, I'm all about facts. I don't care about emotions. I don't care about opinions. I like to speak facts. Now, I try to always say I don't speak on anything that I don't know. Because that actually makes me look ignorant. So therefore, I only try to speak the things that I do know and the things that are referenced with some kind of factual backup, such as a document, such as a video, such as history, which is actually is about to become history. History in itself has taught me a lot when you study things that have gone on in the past. You know, nowadays where everybody wants to talk about slavery, slavery, reparation, racism, you know, the things that, you know, has given America that black eye. Every country has gone through it. Our country is no exception. But sometimes it's not how you start the race, it's how you end it. And in this passage of time, we've done quite well. 
Look, 1964, we had civil rights. You know what? 50 years later, we had a black, our first black president. And that is coming a long ways in a short period of time. Some people don't see it that way. Some people like to live in the past as far as history. But let me say this. And there is none of us who have ever had it as bad as our ancestors. None of us. I don't care if you're a Democrat, you're Republican, you're Libertarian, you're Black Lives Matter, you're whoever. No one has ever had it worse than our ancestors. But the problem is, we're not. some of us are not trying to get beyond that. Some of us are trying to use it to our personal advantage. And what I mean by that is, racism isn't something that is pretty nor was slavery, but we can't hold every white American to the point where they are responsible for what happened 400 years ago, because a lot of them don't have slave owners in their ancestry. A lot of them don't have um, white privileges like to be touted by people of other mindsets. You know, I just don't understand why this country needs to be perpetuated by race. You know, this used to be the United States of America. I've got to the point what I call it Blackestine. Because it's almost like people want to live under one race, and that's the black race. Because the United States stood for, it was a melting pot for everyone. Though it may not, may not have seemed to uh, start it off that way, but that's what it is tonight, today. And so when I hear about racism and how whites are privileged and they have an advantage over all the other races, well, I, I'm here to say that's mostly not true. You know, and I've had many discussions with people about this particular issue. And that issue is, there is no other race in this country that has more government entitlements set aside just for them. And you ask, what would that be? Well, the first one would be affirmative action. Affirmative action was actually designed for the minority, mostly the black race to get a hand up and becoming employed with a lot of the corporate Americans, corporations that uh, are that were hiring, and they wanted to prohibit mostly hiring whites. Okay, so for those who don't know what affirmative action is, and there's a lot of you who really don't, affirmative action is mostly, in a nutshell, white guy, black man or woman, or white man or woman, same credentials, identical credentials, except for the African-American prospect has something that white folks don't have, and that's called melatonin. That is what gives blacks the pigment, pigment in their skin. And that is a qualifier. As what, actually, I call it a super qualifier that gives blacks the upper hand over 
white Americans. Now, how many of you think that's fair? Well, I don't, and I'm black. You know, people will say, you know, he's an Uncle Tom, or he's whitewashed. No, I live in the real world. I live in the real world. If you expect to get ahead in this country by people giving you an upper hand because you're black, then let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Does that make you feel good knowing that you got a job just because you're black? Or does it, is, is it a better feeling when someone recognizes you for a great job you've done, just so happens you two be black, you are black? See, that's the difference. I never want a job or a job position because I'm black. Because that tells me maybe I'm not even qualified for this job. My only qualification is that I'm black. And if you're a proud, prideful black man, you like knowing that you're just that damn good. So the problem is affirmative action gives people that false a sense, false sense of uh, that I'm um, talented in the career field that I am in when actually it done. Case in point of example. White company actually hires the black guy because he's black. But all the white guys are getting a raise. But the black guy isn't getting a raise. The black employer says to the black guys, look, I hired you because you're black, not because you're qualified. Nothing says I have to give you a raise just because you're black. It says I have to hire you because you're black. Now, as a black man, that wouldn't make me feel too good. And, and to most people of any race, that wouldn't make you feel too good. And it doesn't make you feel useful to a company other than the simple fact they hired you because you're black. And that's a reality, you know, and there's a reason why a lot of us are against affirmative action. Now, does affirmative action work? No, it absolutely does not work. And there's a point with that as well. Black population has an 8% unemployment rate, give or take. One of the highest in the country per race capita. But if that was true and it really, really worked like it was designed to, why is that number so high? That number shouldn't be 8%. As a matter of fact, it should be one of the lowest percentage in the, comp- in the country. Now, I know some of you, you're going to disagree with that because you're going to put your emotions into it. But the fact is, technically, it should be one, we should be one of the lowest percentage-wise as far as unemployment in the country. But we're not. Next question is, why is that? Well, my best guess is that people are not applying for the jobs. Because it's protected by law. But in order to apply affirmative action, you still have to apply for the jobs. And if you don't apply for the jobs, that number is not going to go down. That's simple math. I mean, to me, it's common sense. Maybe not to all. Some people go and exaggerate this number or this theory of mine and put their emotions to it and say, some things that really don't make sense, like most Democrats do. You know, but the thing is, it's a fact. It's a fact. So racism in this country is learned. It is absolutely learned. 
You know, I grew up in North Carolina. I saw racism all the time. We had crosses burned on our back porch. My brother and I was constantly dealing with real racism. Most of you don't know what racism is. You hear the name and you think it's all about, you know, you can't get a job or, you know, somebody locked their car door when you walk by. That scenario is a lot of times stereotype. But racism in itself can be very violent, can be very deadly. We always hear about white supremacy and white supremacy and um, white privilege. But when's the last time you heard of a black man getting killed solely because he's a black man by the KKK? You haven't heard of that in a long time. Well, the white knights of chameleons. For you guys who don't know, that's another racial. Uh, actually, I call it American terrorist, American terrorist organization. You haven't heard any of that. The racism that we hear about is, you know, Donald Trump's not allowing Mexicans across the board illegal. You know, Donald Trump talking about how certain people are abusing the system and the programs and the entitlements. That's what you guys, a lot of people think is racism, but it is absolutely not. You know, that particular, when Donald Trump says something, let me reiterate something. When Donald Trump says something, it's usually factual. Now, he may not articulate it well. And I would be the first one to agree that sometimes he shouldn't talk. But what he does speaks volume in itself. Now, one of the other narratives that I've been hearing late and a lot of is um, reparations. <laughs> That's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Anyone that believes in reparations is, is the same person not trying to get a job. That's just my theory. That's from some of the people that I know that makes that will make that comment. But I will say this. If there's one race in this country, in this country, that deserves reparations, it is the Native Americans. It actually is. Because last time I checked, there were no legal plantations in the United States. And I would dare to say there's no illegal plantations in the United States, black plantations where black people are still held today as slaves. Now, you'll get some people say, well, we got McDonald's. Well, you know what? You worked at McDonald's because you choose to work at McDonald's. But there's one thing for sure in this country that still holds true 400 years later. They're called reservations. Reservations, and if you've never been to one, are some of the worst places you ever want to live in most cases in this country. For example, Navajo Nation, Northern Arizona. For those of you who've never been out to a reservation, you would be glad to be in the neighborhood that you live in right now. And you could be extremely poor because some of those people do not have a normal brick and mortar home. I've seen adobes made out of mud. I've seen hybrids, adobe and plywood. I've seen um, RVs that are 100 years old, exaggeration, but they're really, really old, really, really ragged, sitting in the middle of the desert where they don't have running water. 
that don't have electricity. So when you want to talk about reparations, now, a lot of them are there by choice. And yes, the government does give them a stipend every single year. But where they live, there is absolutely nothing out there but dirt. Absolutely outrageous is is the way they live. But we don't talk about that in the United States. We always talk about how blacks have it so bad. Where you can make up to $54,000 a year on government assistance. That's a fact. And there are a lot of people doing that. Back to the reason why the unemployment number is so high for black African-Americans. It's much easier to stay off the system. I mean, to stay on the system than it is to get off the system because you're used to it. And that is by design. That is absolutely by design, because if the federal government, no matter what political affiliation they may be, they could get you off of it if they choose to. But why not? But why not? Because it's to their benefit. Because it's kind of like what happened in the late 60s when they created the welfare program. They knew what that program was going to how that program was going to turn out. They knew there would be thousands and thousands and thousands of African-Americans on that assistance. And they created the system, the system so that the black nuclear family would be destroyed. LBJ knew. And how do I know he knew this? Because there's a quote by LBJ. And some of you, I'm going to be absolutely direct. I'm not going to clean it up. And if you don't like the N-word, I'm about to say it. But what he said was, we will have these niggers voting Democrats for 100 years, close quote. Now, if you don't believe that, go look it up. Go look it up. He also said that, quote, we may not have them in slavery, but we can keep them enslaved, close quote. Look it up. The Democratic president of 1967, I think it was. Not exactly sure of the year because I read so much stuff, so I don't remember every single date, and that I will be honest about. But I do know who, who said that quote. And, and it's true. It absolutely is true. I don't know why blacks think that we need to be Democrats. I don't know why. Don't know why. But I do know why the Democrats are pushing racism in this country, because it creates division. But the thing is, blacks need to remember, you're not the only one. There is some people that had a lot worse than you that are living in this country today, but they don't speak out. Now, is that a fault? Maybe it is their fault. I'm not here to say. But I, want, but I am here to say that. We are being absolutely selfish when we think the rest of the country should live according to African-American history. Whites don't have to. Asians don't have to. Hispanics don't have to. It's your history. It's your history to live and remember. But nobody else needs to live it. Because as long as the Indians are still humble and, well, I wouldn't say humble, know their history, know this was originally their country, but yet 
they're not running around this country saying that the rest of the world should live according to the Indians of the past. I respect that. And that's why I speak for them, though I'm not one of them. I do speak for them because it is ridiculous that blacks are so selfish. They think the rest of the country needs to live according to them. You got groups like Black Lives Matter. You know, I've never seen a country in this since I've been alive and I'm 55 years, 55 years old. I've never seen a country that's willing to fly a flag at the United Nations for Black Lives Matter. Are you serious? Are you serious? So if you're an African nation and you're not part of NATO, guess what? Your flag doesn't fly. Your flag doesn't fly. But yet we fly the flags of Black Lives Matter. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But the problem is nobody wants to change. Well, I should say this. African-Americans don't want to change, except for a few of us who speak out about it. I mean, if you truly want a better life for yourself, you should also remember where you came from, where you came from, and then you all, and then and only then will you know where you need to go. Because I mean, and what's ironic and funny to me is we always hear about blacks talking about racism, 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 racism. But the first time a white man yelled racism, they eat it up. They follow that marching order from the white man, mostly Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Nadler, Schiff, all these Democrats who are solely all about power, all about power. You know, I don't understand why blacks don't question. Wait a minute. If there's an investigation about January 6th, then why isn't investig- why won't they allow investigation about COVID? where it came from. Why is it the best investigations always have to do with Donald Trump? Those are the ones that are okay. Those are the ones that seems to be okay, but anything to do about the truth about COVID, the truth about the voting, the 2020 elections, but there's no investigation to any of that. The problem is half of America truly believe what, the Democrats are, t- are talking about. Yeah, I know I got off a little bit, but the point is simply this back to race. There's no such thing as systemic racism, unless you want to call it affirmative action. I truly believe that. And I know I'm going to get an email from people saying, Hey, you lost your mind, blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, I'm telling you right now, prove it, prove it. All I know is if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, sometimes it just might be a duck. And when these people are lying to you, you've got to be smart enough to go, hey, that just don't smell all right. But anyway, we're about to come up on a commercial break. My name is John from the Modern Conservative Podcast. We'll be back in a few minutes.
Welcome back, everybody. This is John Harvard from the Modern Conservative Podcast. This is my first live podcast. And those of you who are just joining, um, we've been talking about racism in the United States and, you know, how it has torn up our country and continues to tear up our country for many, 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 many months now, possibly many, many more, because we do have the 2020 2022 election coming up real soon, a little over a year and 14 months, give or take. And it's going to be interesting to see what takes over. Will it be the race card or would it be COVID-19 Delta? So now we're going to have to deal with another COVID-19. So now we're going to have racism. We're going to have COVID Delta-19. Now I'm in Utah and our lovely governor came out today and was talking about the new strand of COVID-19 Delta. And that the numbers are up, blah, 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 blah. But it's, and I've told people many, many, many months, the 2022 election, we will have a new strand of COVID-19 and it's here. And those are those people that are listening that are friend of mine that follow me. Oh, we have coffee shop breakfast and stuff with some mornings. They know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything, but it's just a cohort fact. And now Utah's governor is now pushing it as if this is a new deadlier. It's like the $6 million COVID this time. It's faster, stronger, more powerful. So you got to get the vaccine. So my question is simply this. I know we were talking about racism just a minute ago, but I kind of want to talk about this because this just came up today recently. And those of you that are listening in Utah, you know what I'm talking about. But for those out in the rest of the world, Utah is a little bit different from most states. Utah is a state that was was predominantly conservative. Not so much anymore, just because um, the influx of people coming from California, Washington, Seattle, um, they don't go come from Idaho because actually Cal- Idaho don't want them in their state and they make it known. But they're coming to Utah. And our governor, <laughs> he's supposed to be Republican, but I don't think so. He's what we call a rhino. Um, he kind of pushes the Democratic agenda. And uh, today he was saying that, you know, we should all go get vaccinated because of the super COVID now. And, and that we, we people that don't get vaccinated are crazy. And, you know, how he would not go to a party with people if everybody wouldn't vaccinate it, blah, 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 blah. You know, the same old scare tactics. And in this country, everything nowadays is a scare tactic. If you don't follow what they say, you're going to die. If you don't do what they say, you're going to go broke. You know, if you don't do what they say, you're going to be called a racist. You know, every damn thing we do nowadays, we're supposed to be fearful. Well, I live in Utah. I live in the United States, the land of the free. And that's how I'm going to live. If you get the vaccine, I mean, good for you. If you believe in it, good for you. I have no problem with it. That's the advantage of being a conservative. You can do whatever you want to do. That's the Constitution. But on the flip side, under the same Constitution, I also have a right to live the way I want to live. 
Now, if I want to live without a vaccine in my veins or in my blood, so be it. Maybe I like running the risk like that. Hey, maybe this I'm adrenaline junkie. Maybe that's just me. But for the for, for the foremost, we all have the right to not get the vaccine. And here's another thing. What I don't understand is simply this. People who have the vaccine, who wants to attack you because you don't get vaccinated. I simply say this. If you got the vaccine and you truly believe in the vaccine, what do you worry about? What are you really worried about? Is that subconscious in you telling you, hey, this thing may not work. It may be a hoax. Hoax. The other strands may be more powerful. And what I shot that I've taken may not work on mostly anything else. Well, here's the thing that's so funny about this whole COVID crap. Now they're saying that the vaccine that you've already taken should cure the super delta vaccine. But here's my question. How do they know this? How do they know this? It's new. Common sense, people. It's new. How do they know this is going to cure you from the super COVID-19? They don't. This is just my estimation is that. Are they really trying to give you a COVID vaccine? Because here's another question. Here's an absolute question I want people to think about. We've had COVID for many, 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 many years. As a matter of fact, it was on a, COVID, it was on a Clorox bottle before COVID-19 came about. But here's a question for you. Why is it all of a sudden in 2019, they had to come up with a new, uh, actually a test for COVID? If you've had COVID for 18 other COVIDs, why isn't there an already made test? And if there's an already made test, why haven't they gotten a cure for it or any kind of cure for COVID from 1 through 18 or whatever the numbers or the precursor number previous to 19 may be? Why is it at 19 we had to have all this freaking chaos? Now, if you haven't read the Fauci emails, which I have, um, Fauci had stated that Donald Trump would have a pandemic during his term. Now, that's Fauci's email stating that. That's not conspiracy. That's not hyperbole. That's an actually cold, hard fact. And then some of you are going to say, oh, yeah, BS, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you can read, read the emails. As a matter of fact, if you read the emails, you'll learn a whole lot more that you thought you didn't know. For example, the mask. He said the mask would unequivocally not work against COVID. Read the emails, his emails. And then he came out later and said that the mask will help prevent the spread of COVID. Well, that's a fact. It's, it does not because it's common sense. It's common sense. Like I say, if you want to wear the mask, have at it. But at least know you're wearing it and what the effects of the mask will and won't have on you. Because all it's going to do, heighten up your fear. You know, and that's what causes fear. When you don't know something about an, about an incident or an item, it creates fear. That's why a lot of people are afraid of guns, for example. I'm a big gun addict. I'm a big Second Amendment guy. Anybody who listened to me? No, I am. But the reason a lot of people are afraid to shoot guns is because they don't realize 
the bullet usually only come out one end. You point it, squeeze the trigger, the bullet is going to go technically in that direction. It may not hit what you're aiming at, but it's going to go in that direction. It's because of fear. A lot of people fear guns. A lot of people fear guns are because of what they hear. So anytime you fear something, it's because you don't know it. You know, the first time I ever jumped in an an airplane when I lived in um, Boise, Idaho, there's a place called the Star Jump Ranch. The first time I jumped out of a plane, that was the first, that first step was the hardest step ever. It took me probably a good two flyovers before I could jump out of the plane. But once I jumped out of the plane the first time, I know how the procedure went. You know, you jump, you look at your altimeter, you get to around 1,600 feet, you pull your ripcord. So it made that second jump a lot easier. And that third jump a lot easier. Because now I learned something where I feared the most. I overcame that fear by doing something that I've never done before. Now, yeah, every time you jump out of an airplane, if you don't have fear, you're numb or you're dead. But it makes that first step a lot easier. It's the same thing about wearing a mask. If you know why you put it on your face, whether it's going to work or not, if you know it's not going to work, you're not going to wear it. You you know it's not going to work. And you give yourself a false sense of security. That's the problem with fear. And this is why... The politicians throw fear out there so easily. The mask was an indicator for the politician because they knew it wasn't going to work. Because think about something else. If Dr. Fauci was the man that was telling the world what to do, telling the world what was good for him and what was bad for them, when he initially came out on TV and said at the press conference that a mask will not prevent the spread of COVID, the virus. And then he changed up. Somebody told him he needed to change that remark up, that comment up. Because you know what? Now, this is just my theory. And that's because the people who are trying to ruin the economy, ruin the White House presidency, knew they needed a marker, a visual marker for people to see. When you put that mask on your face, you have let them, you let them know that you are conforming. They know it doesn't work. I mean, you realize that the first time you walk in a restaurant with a mask on, if you can smell the food, you know it's not working. Simple as that. If you can smell the food, it's not working. Or if you can blow a match out behind the mask, it's not working. There's certain things that are common sense. The only way to stop a virus is like when we're in the military. It's called a respirator. It seals around your face. And it stops the flow of uh, biochemical warfare. Is usually what they have them for in the military. We had them for in the military. So you have to use common sense. And that's why we're bringing that COVID. It's all about scare and fear. Scared and fear. And you're going to see a lot of this. Those of you who are listening to me now, remember this statement. When the weather gets cold, we will have a new strand, a more powerful strand of COVID. Watch. 
and they're going to try to bring about mail-in ballots again. There's a reason why the Democrats are trying to control the federal elections. For you guys who don't know, they've been trying to put a pass a bill where they can control, the Democrats want to control the elections. So keep that in mind because it's coming soon to a CNN news near you. Um, before I go off air, there's something I want to talk to you guys about. You know, on my Facebook, I have 5,000 followers and plenty that are waiting to be confirmed. And I need to talk to you because I need your help. Facebook has been shadow banning me, blocking me, putting me in jail for past eight months. So when I put a post up, it's not getting out. And what it's doing, it's getting out. It lets me see two or three people give me a like. But when you have 5,000 people that follow you based on what you think, and they're conservatives who think the same way, you know something is wrong. So when I decided to do a podcast, unfortunately, I had to start out with my Facebook. I created a Facebook page. I've invited 5,000 people to come and be a part of the Modern Conservative Podcast. Well, Facebook decided they're only going to let me share 1,245 people. That's it. If you read their bylines, you're allowed to share X amount of people a day. That's to stop spamming. Well, every day we've been trying to get these invites out, and it's not quite working because they just are not allowing it. So what I need you guys to do, share my podcast. If you like what you hear, share my podcast. Like it. Anything that I post, share it and like it as well. Because I've got something else I'm working on because I'm getting tired of Facebook. So I need your help. Let's get this word out and let people know that here in Utah, we're not a bunch of state that's full of rednecks because it's a 63% white population. That's just not us. We're not all Democrats. We're not all Republicans. We're not all conservatives. We're all Americans. And we have the right to say what we want to say. And nobody should ever, ever have the right, no matter if you're Facebook, Google, Amazon, whoever they may be, should ever take that voice away from us. Even if you don't like what I'm saying, because one day it could be you. It could be your organization. I don't care if it's Black Lives Matter. It could be you. The problem is we don't stand together as a country. We let the powers, the powers to be run us. We let the power to be tell us how we how they want us to live in this country. As if the Constitution was written for them and them only, and we have to live under some other sub law. This is absolutely ridiculous. Look, I know everybody out there is not going to go down to protest. I know everybody's not going to go to every meeting. I know everybody's not going to go to every school board uh, meeting. But the thing is, there's things we can do as we sit behind our telephones and our laptops as a country. Like I said, we don't have to like everybody's message. 
But damn it, everybody should be able to send their message, whether it's a text message, whether it's email, whether it's a telephone call. We should have the right to do so. And the minute we sit back and become spoiled Americans and let them do it to us, and then we realize one day we're like Venezuela, we don't have any power at all in a republic, then that's a real problem. Because believe me, once it's gone, it is hard as hell to get back. And when it's gone, voting will not get it back for you. It usually has to result in gunplay, militias, riots, the things that we shouldn't have to do in our own country. But the reason why it happens is because we let it happen. We have to stand up together, not as damn Republicans, as conservatives, as libertarians, as Democrats or liberals. We all fly and live under the same flag. And you may not like that flag, but I can tell you one damn thing. That flag has given you one of the best lives you can ever have in a country and the most freedom you can have in a country. And for all of you out there that's talking about racism in this country and one and you're fighting for racism or against racism you know let me say something the confederate flag a lot of people don't like the confederate flag but there's some good things about that confederate flag that people don't know their history about also the swastika you know the swastika stood for something good before hitler used it there's a saying some men take good things and turn them bad and that's what hitler done and that's what happened to the confederate flag in the south for slavery because the slave owners in the South used that flag for represent, representation of the Southern way. The Southern way was, is not perfect. I know that, but you know, the representation, that flag is just a flag that stood for somebody's history. It's history. My belief is to leave it alone, leave it alone. Let it be part of history. That's something you know you grow away from. The swaths is something we don't represent, we don't like. It's like the Jews. They know their history. The swastika still exists in history, but nobody's trying to destroy it and take it away. Look, you can't put it on the side of my house. You're right. That's going to be a different problem. But it still can be in the history books. So we as an American need to know where we've gone or where we've come from and where we're going. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but 360 Confederate uh, Northern soldiers fight to free 4 million slaves. And of that that 360 um, Northern soldiers, Yankees, 30,000 of them were black freed slaves. So, So what I'm saying is we seem to think white people are so bad and racist. But the thing you don't think about it, 330,000 white men died to free 4 million black slaves. They gave up their families, their lives for people they didn't even know. They gave up their generation, their ancestry, their, their legacies. Well, that is their legacy. They died to free. 4 million black slaves. So do you think it's really cool that we take and disrespect them by calling white folks racist? Because it wasn't, if it wasn't for this, those 360,000 white soldiers and black soldiers, 
you just might be a slave today. You never know. So if you want to embellish your history and think positive of your history as an African-American and then as a white conservative or Republican or Democrat or libertarian, you take the positive of something bad and you use it to grow from. You don't take it and make it linger and linger for years and 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 years until it just keeps festering every generation. Hence the reason for critical race theory, but that's a topic for another time. Because if you really, really want to stop racism, you got to stop using the damn word. Even if you're black, you need to learn how to stop spreading the word, spreading racism, stopping it in this track and grow from that point. Because at the end of the day, like I said before, we're all Americans. You know, I'm not a black man. I'm a conservative who happens to be a black man. I don't identify my legacy as just being a black man. I'm a conservative who believes that we all, black and white, should be one family. And that goes for white people who don't like blacks and blacks who don't like whites. Knock the crap off. Knock it off. It's ridiculous. We're not going to get anywhere fighting each other. We're just going to create more little monsters naming our children and they're going to just spread it and spread it and spread it and spread it. But it's got to stop in the, in the schools as well. At some point in time, we got to say, Hey, enough's enough. I'm sick of being called a racist. I'm sick of being called privilege. White people stand up. Don't give a rat's ass whether they don't like you or not. If they say something about you, that's not true. Stand up. Because as long as you sit on your ass and watch television and watch Fox News and thinking that's your contribution to knowing what's going on with your culture, it's not going to work. No, I'm not asking for a racial war. People get out and mingle. No people. Celebrate your culture. You know, you're afraid to say, hey, I want a white history month. Well, yes, you know and I know that's going to cause a lot of problems, but it's your right to have one. You know, people will say all the time, you know, hey, white folks have, you know, a year of white history every single year. But it's not true. But short, but short of ranting any longer. um, Think about it, people. Think about it. This doesn't need to be the way it is. It's the way it is because we allow it to happen. And if we don't do a damn thing about it, it's going to continue to happen all the way down to our elections, dividing us. Hell, this year it's the blacks. Next year it could be the Indians. They're hating you. And they're only hating one race mostly. It's because white people are just sitting down and saying absolutely nothing. Stop it. That's coming from a black conservative. Stop it. Do something. And no, don't go up shooting up everybody either. But what I'm saying is speak up. Speak up, because the people who are running things know you are afraid to say something. They know you're not going to fight back because then everybody will say you're racist. When in actuality, you're a mother, you're a father, you're an American, you got white friends, you got black friends. But if you don't let people know it, it's going to be assumed. And I'm sorry to say. You will probably pay the cost in the long run. 
Well, guys, this um, segment's coming to an end. I enjoy talking with you. Um, it's been my pleasure. You know, I'm not a professional. I've got hiccups here and there. Forgive me. It'll get better. I'm no Rush Limbaugh at all or Larry Elder at all. Hell, I'm not even a Sh- Sean Hannity. So join us the next Thursday at 5 o'clock, and uh, I will hear from you again and see you online. Have a great weekend, and you guys take care. Modern Conservative Broadcast. a traumatized